Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Brian Morgan from See Jesus Ministries as we discuss this week's message in our series entitled Wisdom That Works. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching. Uh, in the armchair today, although I don't think you're actually in an armchair, are you, Are you, Brian? Nope, I'm on my BOSU ball. For, That's uh, right. Oh, you're in <laughs> my you're BOSU one of chair. I'm with, uh, with Brian Morgan uh, from See Jesus Ministries uh, and um, who uh, delivered the Word of God this week in our Vine service uh, and, and while I was in Classic. So, uh, Brian, thanks for taking some time to hang out. A little bit on this uh, Zoom uh, Zoom call, so things going Thanks well for, for you. Me, Appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so this week we were in Proverbs uh, twenty three, um, but I, I want to you know this was this is a different week in Vine uh, at, for those that have been with us for a while watching online or in person and, and you're listening, you know that we've in the month of July done this thing called uh, vine in the round where we reset up the chairs. We have stage back on the floor and then we kind of surround the, the stage. It's not, it's not totally in the round. It's, right. it's more of like a rainbow archway kind yeah. of deal, but it's pretty different. So I was just wondering how, you know, how you, you, you mentioned that in the service a little bit, in the sermon a little bit, and you utilized it a lot, that, that, that closeness, um, with the congregation. So how did you feel, uh, in that space and in, in, in this week? Man, I loved it. Um, for me, it's given like how much more of, um, a facilitator than probably a preacher like comes naturally to me. And so I like this setup because uh, I could get some interaction. It felt like, you know, when you come to a person of Jesus on a Sunday morning, it's um, it just felt like a big person of Jesus studied um, by the way the room was set up. And, and personally for me, I was a little bit like just lower on energy and stuff. So it was nice to just sit down there right in the middle, just kind of hang out. And it felt very conversational, mm-hmm. uh, which I appreciated. And I, and I also just like when things are get switched up, I think it's good for the congregation. It's good for, you know, the people that are preaching and, and those are on the stage, uh, just, just do something different every once in a while. So for me, it was right at home. Like I, I personally, if I could ever pick, the way to do a sermon or something, it would be like that setting. Yeah. 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 I, I, uh, I agree. I think this is, you know, this is, I like switching things up. I especially like doing it in the summertime. Um, because I will say, was there anything about it? I get your, was there anything about that? Because, you know, a person of Jesus study, you'll have 30, 40, maybe as many as 50 people in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's, you know, there's obviously closer to 200 in, in that room, uh, yeah. maybe a little bit more than that. Was there anything that intimidated you about that or, or about the spacing or kind of where people were located or anything that just kind of was like, okay, I have to get used to this a little bit more? No, I mean, that's a good question. I did go in there like before, like a couple of days before, and then that Sunday morning just to kind of walk around the stage and just kind of get a feel for it a little bit, but nothing, I don't for me, it wasn't anything that was necessarily challenging. I think it made it easier for me. I, I liked it. So, 
Yeah, I, I enjoy it too. I, I did. I was like you. Uh, the first when we first set it up like that, I had to kind of. I actually the first week I actually went in there. <laughs> On the yeah. Sunday morning, I got in really, really early, and I ran through the whole message just to yeah. kind of more Wise. feel like where people are located. You know, mm-hmm. I think that I think that was probably the the biggest challenge to me is like, okay, yeah, there are people that are kind of semi behind me, like not, yeah. you know, like the, so that was like, and I have to make sure to be mindful that there are people looking at me from from like the side and. Yeah. I noticed too. I mean, I don't know if it, how you noticed this, but I, I was watching yours online uh, because um, normally when we do armchair preaching, I just listen to the sermons. But with this with this new setup, I, I I've been, you know, I wanted to make sure I kind of watched how you mm-hmm. react, interacted with the crowd and stuff like that. Um, I people are sitting closer. Oh like yeah, they're actually right there. They're actually well, and they're actually in the front. Mm-hmm. Rose, which in a normal setup, when they're further away, it's interesting. They're they're not as they actually sit two or three rows back, and yeah. then the front rows are the. It's funny because like this way, there's like they're actually people like right there, and I'm like, wait, you're actually a lot closer, yeah. but you're choosing to to fill those spaces. Up. I think that's an interesting take too. But yeah. um, I think yeah. you had a good point too. Now that I think about it, it yeah, because you had to like from the stage, you get everybody kind of interview, and you are kind of turning your head and your body a little bit, but with that um, stage being in the middle, you, you definitely had to position yourself and turn more to make sure you're catching eye contact with the people on your sides. And you weren't just kind of focused on the people right in your front, you know, who's on the periphery a little bit. And so, yeah, yeah I had to be yeah. more mindful of that. Yeah. And I had to, I don't know if you thought about this at all. Maybe you didn't, but I, when I, when I was, when I was r- running through it, one of the things I realized is if I'm talking to the right side of the room, okay. the left, the left side is looking at my my back. Yeah. And I had, to, I had to consciously say, you know, you can't even, you can't focus on that. You just, yeah. you, you do it. And then you turn around because if you do it, it you start getting self-conscious about yep. that and it becomes something different altogether. Uh, yeah. You, you brought, you brought out the, the stool uh, yeah, for, a little, for a little, for a little yeah. bit. Um, Take a little but you, Zach McGowan out of my uh, playbook there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for those that don't know, I spent a whole season where I, I preached yeah. from the, and that was when I did. What, what was your thought process behind bringing that out? It, uh, you were helpful because, like, I've seen you do it, and it just looks comfortable. Like, yeah. and again, for that, I'm just sitting there, and because I could tell, um, I was a little bit lower on energy. I found like I went up to um, a guy right beforehand and said, Hey, can you pray for me? Because I, I feel like I'm going to try to drive this with um, a false sense of enthusiasm or zeal because mm-hmm. I, I was so low that I was like, well, I got to try to bring the, the energy up a little bit. And I, and I was just like, no, just, just be low and just sit there and, and just relax. And, um, and so the stool was really helpful because it kind of, it, it allowed me to just kind of hang out. And then I, I did get up at like one point and mm-hmm. I could feel myself, like my voice start to pick up and everything. And it just was, it, it didn't feel comfortable. So I just sat back down again. Yeah. And so yeah. it was, it was helpful for me this past Sunday for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel yeah, like it I, does the same thing for you? Just kind of settles you down a little bit or like, how does that? Yeah. I, when I have, uh, I, I tend to, so I tend to do it in seasons. Okay. Um, and, and I, I kind of, it's a little bit like the, the decision-making behind, you know, the worshiping in the round, you know, it, there, you know, there's a, there's a theology behind why we did that. 
it, it, it was partially to kind of get people's attention about what worship is really all about and that we're in a community and, and, and also to not, you know, we shouldn't get super comfortable in that, in that worship space. So when I've preached from the, from a stool, there's been something in me that says, it's it's a lot like what you're saying. Like I've been in a season where I feel like I'm just trying to trying to drive mm-hmm. rather than just kind of letting the Holy Spirit drive the train and yeah. let the Word of God drive the train. And and I, when I've come off of a you know sermons where I'm like, man, I I feel like I was trying to wrestle the reins a little bit from mm-hmm. from what God wants to do. The next week, I it's it's just like a posture of it's just a posture of 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 humility and and mm-hmm. like you're saying like quiet and grounding a little bit yeah. um i haven't done it in a while um and there have been times where I, i've woken up like you and i've been like mm, i kind of just feel like i need to to sit you know and i'll i'll usually do it for a season it's usually for my own it's usually for my own kind of um preaching development and my own spiritual development to just say okay. you know i need to i need to i need to remember what what this is about. It's not about my, and I'll watch myself, which I is scary to do. Um, and say, and I can see it. Like I can watch myself on online and go, dude, you're trying too hard. Yeah. You're really, you're really, you're really trying yeah. to, and not that yeah. we shouldn't put the effort for it. I mean, that no, God's there's word, a, yeah. 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 God's word deserves right. excellence and, and it deserves, pre- I feel like it deserves preparation. Oh yeah. Um, but it, but there's that, there's that line, you know, there's that fine mm-hmm. line between resting on what I know. And I'll tell you, man, the, 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 the worship in the round for me has, has, um, it's put me off balance a little bit, which has been yeah. good. Yeah. Which has been good um, yeah. because I can see the people like I can see them really closely. I can see all of them. Yeah. You, you, know? you can see if they're tracking to or how things are landing. I think you get a better idea of that. And that's yeah. 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 And, and but I've enjoyed the music side of it a little oh, yeah. bit even more, you mm-hmm. know, um, which I think Jennifer and, and Jason and Hannah and her team, they, they do a great job week in and week out, but they've really, I feel like they've really done the preparation and, and put yeah. the hard work into it as well too. So I come into it a lot more, um, not that I don't every week. I, I feel like the, the music really has been very preparatory for me every single week, but, it, but mm-hmm. especially right now, there's, there is that sense of intimacy and community and, and um, I don't know, camaraderie to yeah. feel like, you know, we're, we're together on that. So, mm-hmm. uh, so we were in Proverbs 23 this week and it, you mentioned it um, in your sermon and I, and I'd love to hear kind of your kind of thought process behind it. You know, it, it, it's a, and Ed Diaz and I talked about this the week before too. It's, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's, you know, 20 something sermons in one chapter that could be preached. So you landed on verse nine and really just honed in on that. And I want to hear like kind of your thought process behind, you know, what was it that spoke to you out of that one particular verse? Um, And how, you know, I thought you did a great job bouncing off that verse into the life of Jesus. And, and so I just want to wonder if you, you kind of talk about your, kind of your thought process in that? Um, well, I'm going to self-deprecate, but I, I, and, um, and honor you. And, and I really am being sincere about that. I just like, 
when I listened to yours, I just thought you just did a, such a good job. You really just know how to grab a text and, and think about it as a whole, but then also break it down. I'm not great at that. Um, preaching is not necessarily the thing that, um, is my sweet spot all the time. But so I was just like, man, can I just grab one of these verses? Cause to me, it was so disjointed and I, and I was having a hard time grabbing the theme of it. Um, and so let me just, can I just grab one section sure. or verse and then just shoot over to Jesus? But then the other thing, the reason why that one kind of got highlighted for me is that we were in Trinidad, uh, two weeks ago visiting Amanda's family. And so my brother-in-law is Muslim, um, a big Muslim presence presence there. And then also, um, also people of, of faith, but just a little bit more surfacey. Like I was in that realm a bunch. Mm-hmm. And so I found myself a lot having a lot of things I wanted to say. But then that verse was like, not that they're foolish, but they're not gonna, they're not gonna really um find my words helpful. It was better mm-hmm. to just ask questions and to listen to them. Like, and so the verse kind of I was like living it out two weeks before because mm-hmm. that's my my error risk is to say is to use too many words. Is, yeah you know, to drive things like that instead of just sitting back and being really thoughtful, being a good active listener, and then asking questions that can draw the other person out and sometimes help them kind of Dr. Phil themselves a little bit because they're hearing themselves process. And, um, and I even found like on the plane ride home from Trinidad, of course, this is how God would do it. Like I always like plane rides. Cause I'm like, if, if you're sitting next to me, we're talking. <laughs> and, um, and I'm going to try to bring up faith in some winsome way. And obviously I'll be thoughtful. If the person doesn't want to, I, I will bail, but I'm going to give it a shot. And so I, and so I sit down on the, on the plane and I'm exhausted and I'm so tired and I'm like, man, I just want to chill out. And so I take my Bible out and I was going to try to sleep for a little bit and then read, but I really don't have any uh, intention to talk to anybody. Well then why, what does God do? The person next to me is a Muslim and he wants to evangelize me. Like oh, wow. I've never had that happen. I've never had somebody like he was actively trying to win me, you know, to his um worldview and stuff. And so wow. in that, I'm like, well, here we go. <laughs> and so again, it was listening. You know, I did press a couple times, but I could tell he wasn't wasn't really hearing it. And so I was like, all right, I can just back off and and just and it was fun for me to hear how he was trying to win me to his worldview and how he wow. was doing it. And so I got to just live the verse out, and that's part of the reason why I picked it. And then I mm-hmm. just I just think Jesus is just so sweet on he could he could word vomit on everybody and they'd be the most beautiful words anybody has ever heard. But yet he still will restrict himself and say, no, uh, if it's not really a help to you, I'm not going to say it. And so that's why I tied it to the Peter passage there when Peter says he's not going to deny him. And so are the other disciples. Well, and, and, and I, I mean, I thought you did a brilliant job of, of making that connection. Uh, I, I made that, I made that connection a bit, but, but more from the, you know, why is Peter, why is Peter so foolish when he has every every reason not to be foolish, yeah. right? He's got every external reason not to be foolish at this point uh, in his in his journey. Um, that was a great part in your sermon too when you when you went after that the influence. He's got such great influences around him yeah, for those yeah. three years, and still. 
Yeah, but I I loved how you, you know, you kind of called and I, and I, and it was cool. And I think in the round it made it even even sweeter. Uh, and I and I appreciated how you you recognized you had to repeat a lot of people's answers because yeah. I couldn't I couldn't hear any of the answers right. on there. But I got it because you repeated it. But I loved how you just asked the questions. You know about you know you know what is it about it that what is it about us that causes us to want to just constantly kind of correct people and challenge Mm -hmm. people and, and, and really getting to the point of just people admitting I, I'm right. I feel like I'm right. <laughs> right. And, uh, and, uh, you said, I've heard you say this before, but I think I, I always think it's hilarious, but also, um, convicting where you towards the end, you're like, I feel like I can live your life better than you. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that that's so true. Yeah. And and yet that's not and and the one person who literally can live, <laughs> live everybody's life better than them is yeah. Jesus. And he chooses in those moments not to crush yeah. people. Great point. Um, and uh, and there's you know I, I loved how you picked the Peter story specifically because there are a lot of times where Jesus could do that, and the only time he really pushes back on people. And, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this is, you know, the only time he really pushes back on people's ignorance and foolishness is when they claim to be extra, you know, it's the, it's the Pharisees, it's the Sadducees, it's the scribes, it's, mm-hmm. and, and it's people who, in Peter's case, he's not using his ignorance to lead other people astray. It's just, he's, he's, he's himself having a journey, Yeah, but, but the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they're using their ignorance to lead other people astray. And that's yeah. when Jesus crushes them right i mean or he'll call mm-hmm. them out so I, yeah. I mean you have any thoughts on that and and i mean obviously in a 25 minute sermon you can't go into all those different right. details about the wins and the whys but uh i'd love to hear your thoughts on you know when does jesus actually go after people in their foolishness you know yeah i think what you said there i mean and and i mentioned it briefly with the man with the withered hand like, yeah no, he asked them the question. He poses the same question that they asked him as a lawful to eat on the Sabbath. He throws it back at them. You know, is it lawful to do good or to do evil, to save a life or to kill? And then and then in the text, um, when you blend the kind of gospel accounts, it, it says that they remain silent. Mm-hmm. And then he looks at them deeply distressed and in anger. So mm-hmm. he gets ticked when it's like, you know, the right thing to do, or you know, the right thing to say, and you won't say it. Right. And mm-hmm. so it's, you really can't even, com- you can't claim ignorance. But then with Peter's case, Peter really thinks that he's not going to deny him. Like, yeah. I mean, he's, he believes that his words. And so I think Jesus is so much, has so much more grace and, and such um, much more kind to that. Like, you just don't know what you don't know yet. And then yeah. I often like, I mean, I asked the question too, like how many of us have sinned in a way we never thought we would yeah. have before. And that one really disorients me. I mean, I, I think of all the sins that I've committed that really bang me up, that I just have a hard time giving myself the gospel and trying to win myself to forgiving myself even, is when I just didn't see it coming. I got blind. I'm like, wow, I'm worse than I thought I was. Wow, I didn't yeah. know I had that level of wickedness. And so I think Jesus knows that um, that that's going to be really disorienting to us. So he doesn't have to pile on. Yeah, you don't have to pile on Peter in that moment. Peter's going to yeah. beat himself up enough when it happens. Yeah, 
Yeah, and and one of the things, and we've talked. I think the last time you were on the podcast, I think with uh, you were with Doctor Paul and me. Yep. And one of the things, and you did this again, and I thought it was just you know the way you do this is is really um, profound. And Paul does it very. He does it, but in a different way. Is this this journey of imagination of oh. of putting yourself into the story of Jesus? And and at one point, and I, and one thing I can't see, I couldn't see online, and I want to hear what you saw, because again, you can really see the congregation is, you know, you kind of posed the question, you, you, you jumped off of Mark 14 and went into the Luke, the Luke um, narrative when Jesus is in, in, you know, he's in the, the, his trial, so to speak. And he actually, uh, that moment of Peter's denial and in Luke, it actually mentions that he sees, he looks to Peter, and you ask the question, can, can you imagine what that look is, is like? And that was one of those that you left hypothetical, or yeah. not hypothetical, but rhetorical, mm-hmm. and, and just ask people to consider what, what could you see people's reaction in the room when you were taking them on that kind of imagination journey for, for a moment? Like, what? I mean, I, I know how I felt. Like, I know when I'm watching you online, I'm like, dang, you know, that's what would it be like to look in the eyes of Jesus after you just committed that, that sin that you felt like you could not commit? Yeah. I Um, think, um, that was probably, I would, I could have maybe left some more space for that because you could, you could feel that that landed on people in a way that they're really like, man, cause, cause we've all been there. He has looked at, I mean, we didn't get the physical Jesus. Right. But, but, um, yeah, I think that was that was a cool moment for people just to consider again why Jesus doesn't railroad Peter with his words and then in that moment. And then you think too, I mean, you might be better at this, but it, it seems like when Jesus locks eyes with Peter, Jesus is probably in Caiaphas's house. Mm-hmm. And and so he, whether it's through some opening is how he sees him. It's not like he gets paraded in front of him. Yeah. And so then what Peter must have felt like in that moment and I just I again the imagination side of me and what i think about jesus i just think it was sweet i think man i'm i'm still for you though peter mm-hmm. i know you just did what you didn't want to do you didn't think you would do but i'm still for you and and maybe that was the heartbeat that i was trying to get across to the people that were maybe feeling that in the room mm-hmm. of like jesus is still for you in those moments you're gonna have i mean there's gonna be justice too in the mix there's probably gonna mm-hmm. be some natural consequences we should feel the weight of our sin and feel convicted peter should have felt mm-hmm. grieved by that you know but mm-hmm. that's not the end of his story and that's not his defining moment either yeah and so just right yeah well and that's where you get like the john 21 with the restoration piece mm-hmm. when yeah, jesus were, yeah. Asked, yeah when G- jesus asks the three the three three times do you love me and, and obviously there's a lot of greek stuff that goes on in the background there but but there's a, there is a moment where peter does have this kind of I mean, John's gospel actually says Peter was grieved, right? After he was asked the third time, you know, because I, I, it was almost as though there was this recognition in Peter's mind. Well, wait a minute, what Jesus is doing, yeah. he's not, he's not sweeping this under the rug, but he's trying to, he's trying to give, he's, he's taking the moment, right? He's taking the moment. He's, he's still not, he's still not thumping him, you know, mm-hmm. but he is, he is showing him, look, I gave you an opportunity. I told you it was going to happen. You said it wasn't. You failed. 
but now mm-hmm. you're going to go out on your own into this to this you know this new adventure called the church and the pressure to deny me is going to be ramped up because now you're you know now you're going to get you're going to be the one getting flogged you're yeah. going to be the one in, in jail you know it's like the acts chapter 4 acts <laughs> chapter 5 and those moments of so i i i, I thought just that's so you know, what I'm head... on that. I'm writing that down after this because I never oh, considered sure. that. I never thought about that he's he's restoring them, but then he's also giving them like, hey, you're gonna have more opportunities to deny me. You think when he's you know in front of um, what it's it's him and John that are yeah. out there and, and, and um, I forget, and they're being it? flogged. Yeah, oh, this is in the yeah in the Sanhedrin. This is after in the, the he, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah after the healing, tremendous yeah. courage and everything. Yeah. So hey, yeah, that's a great that's a great tie. Yeah, yeah. I, I I just you know that's one of the beauty parts. I mean, you know the gospel so incredibly well that you bring out all these different um, these different connections between the the different stories in there, and then tying it back to this Proverbs passage, you know, and 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 I think you know, it's, for me, I I always feel this internal pressure to. To preach as much of a chapter. If, if I'm given a chapter, I'm going to preach as much of that chapter as I possibly mm-hmm. can. Obviously, still, I mean, I'm looking at this, uh, and there's still a ton left on the table. You know, oh, I mean, okay. I mean, there's and, and this week. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll say this: all of them. I mean, except for except for Proverbs nine. Proverbs nine was the easiest because there is an there is this natural. Um, you know, there's there's this natural structural parallelism between, you mm-hmm. know, the, the the woman of wisdom and the woman of folly, which carries yeah. through the entire, you know, the you know Proverbs two to Proverbs nine. There's this 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 great. It's almost like it's not a narrative, but this, it's like an extended poem. It, it there is some connection after that. I mean, you're just talking about, yeah. you know, doublets and triplets of of mm-hmm. sayings, and and my challenge has been through this entire series and and you did bring this up too i think this was you know this was something that but you can't really dig into it a whole lot i i really dug into it a little bit more is the and i used i'm going to land heavy on the word seeming contradictions in mm-hmm. in the scripture right um and again like it's one of the things we haven't really talked about but like proverbs are not like universally applicable Right, right. They're situationally, circumstantially mm-hmm. applicable. So this is Ed dies, and I talked really a lot about this. Is the idea of like, given the right person at the right time in the right season, then it's like yes. But, okay. but, but the hard part is that the proverbs are written like these are universally applicable at all times. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, how, how did you like, how do you feel about that when you're going into the Proverbs? I mean, obviously in the new Testament, when Proverbs are mentioned, they're not quoting whole chapters. They are just quoting, right. you know, mm-hmm. one verse or even a half a verse. So yeah, when you're talking about just, that. Yeah. I mean, I think it just, to me, it just, it just smells like life more, right? Life is yeah. just so dynamic and it's, and there's so many shades of gray in the mix and, like sometimes I should speak up and confront somebody. Sometimes I should keep my mouth shut and not say anything. Like, and I think, it, yeah, you're just trying to gain wisdom in the midst of that. And I think the closer you get to Jesus and the more mature we get in our faith, that stuff just, we get like, in, I don't know, 
would you say that you just get an intuitive sense about which one is maybe the wiser choice? Well, I'm not saying we don't make mistakes, but I feel yeah. like the the more mature we get and we're and we're having our nose in the word and getting good counsel from other people and then talking to God in our prayer time, like we we just have an ability to navigate a little bit easier, but it still is tricky. Like a yeah. lot of sometimes I'm still like a lot, and I just ask, like I think even in yeah. marriage, I'm I'm now I I wish I would have done this a lot more earlier on, but now I do. I'm like, hey hon, what's what what would feel the most loving thing for me to do right now? Is it just to listen to you or would you like my insights yeah. and thoughts on it? And and I let the other person kind of decide and say, what would love feel like to you? I think it's one thing that, that you, I think you, you really were, um, and, and I, I really did this in the, in the, in the first week of the series or second week of the series, cause Josh kicked us off. But mm-hmm. one the, I, I would say the through line through the whole book of Proverbs that is, I think, universally applicable to your point about life being messy is, and, and knowing how to navigate is just having a tremendous amount of humility about what we don't know. Right. Yep. And, and like saying, like, I might think I'm right in this situation, but maybe I'm not. You know, and, yeah. and I may I may think I I you know I know that, but maybe maybe this is a moment of weakness for me, right? It and it's one of the reasons I wanted to kind of get into this whole idea of influence, right? Is because when we go into into the messiness of life, into the situations of life, thinking that we we're not influenced. We're told, you know, outside of ourselves or outside of our relationship with Jesus. That's when we have a tendency to fall. We just don't know kind of what is, what messages are just rattling around our hearts and our minds that are, that are nudging us in all sorts of directions. And we think it's all because we're Christians and because, you know, we might, you know, be Uber Bible readers or whatever, that, that suddenly we have it all figured out all the time. Right. And so, Mm I really find, and and I think you really honed in on the words that we say, which I think is so powerful, but I just, I really feel like we have, and this is societally, I think North American Christians, no matter what their theological ilk, progressive, you know, conservative, uh, you know, high church, low church, I think we are incredibly arrogant (laughs) in what we feel like we know. And, And I think that's been, to me, the, 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 the through line in, in the book of Proverbs is, man, we just, we are really, we are really, uh, have got to create or, or I don't say create, but we really have got to lean into our humility yeah. and just and really be like, do you I, think I that's helping you as you get older? Like that's, I feel like as I'm getting older, I just realize like, dude, this thing's so complex. I don't know <laughs> so much. You know, yeah. So then I, it forces you, and then you're wrong enough too. Like I think I have something pegged, and then I find out later on, like, wow, I was way off. But I was so certain in the moment, and so then it gives you a little hiccup in your heart the next time. So I'm like, yeah. And I think you did a great job with that when you're talking about just the different influences with the like media and technology and stuff towards the back end of your sermon. And then yeah. my favorite part of I, I'm always I'm, your illust- the illustration part that I enjoyed the most was your little pulley system. You yeah. know, like what, what are you being anchored in? What like, yeah, I can, I can pull somebody up as long as I got that pulley system, you know, but where, <laughs> well, where's your anchor and is yeah. that anchor strong? 
Well, to me, that was a, you know, that was a counter to the, and I mentioned it. I, I, I hit that, I hit that illustration a little harder live. And okay. it helped. It, it helped that I had Joe Whittington as the uh, as the, uh, lay, the the lay liturgist for people that don't know. Joe Whittington is that like six man. foot six. He's like yeah. six foot six, and he's probably you know. And he's not. He's not. Uh, he's not an overweight dude, but he is a big, uh, solid stout. dude, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, so I talked about you know being able to lift my kids, you know, all <laughs> you know, all the time. And I'm like, but Joe, like I'm not doing that, right? <laughs> right. And, uh, but you know, I countered that because, and you've seen this, I mean, you've been a teacher for a long time and you've probably, and it's, it's, I want to say it's a good illustration, right? It's a good illustration, especially for teenagers, this idea if I stand on a chair and I'm trying to reach down and pull, they're going to be able to pull me down. Right. So you got to be careful to come to you when you're, when you're, when you're talking to like teenagers about peer pressure and all that, that's great. You need to do that. But and I think this is where you and I really converge in our message is life is just more complicated than that. And God's calling on our lives is more complicated than that yes. because he, because yeah. we, we will, we will use that as an excuse to create. I think the term that I've heard most often, which I think is powerful is we will create these little Christian ghettos, right. Of, 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 you know, just us folks, because we're so holy and we're just going to, and, 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 you know, Peter illustrates that that doesn't work out either. No. Um, and Jesus does the opposite. So it's, it's all about that anchoring, you know, where, where's our influence there too. And, you know, I think the reason Peter denies Jesus when he says he's definitely not going to do it is because he's still got this kind of power dynamic inside of him that is yeah. like, I'm stronger than I am. Mm-hmm. I'm the rock. Jesus said I'm the rock. Yeah. But and, and what's weird too is like he has an inkling of it when he takes out his sword. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it maybe that's like, a great feel point. like yeah. Peter is that that's his moment. Like, oh, I'm, I'm proving it right now, man. You told us to take a sword right before then. He takes out his sword when they're coming to arrest Jesus and he's ready to go. But then yeah. you put him in a different, what's crazy is that, sorry to go off, but no, no, he, Peter has courage in front of Rome, hardened Roman soldiers with weapons who are about to arrest Jesus. He's ready to rock. But then you put him in the courtyard with some little teenage girl <laughs> that is telling him that he's a Galilean and then he withers and you're like, yeah. what? what why is why the courage in that and then not here you know yeah. it's just interesting that's why i love peter man i, I think i think oh, i've said that I, I think i said this i think you i think maybe i said this to you before like i had a professor when my doctoral studies you know we had to do this whole uh, leadership thing and and he looked at me and he said uh your uh your biblical spirit animal is peter Right. Because and I'm like, absolutely. Because Peter is like, he's got so much like fire and he's got so much like, but that gets him as in as much trouble as, as, as it does success. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, and I'm like, yeah, that's maybe that explains, maybe that, that that describes a lot of people, but it definitely describes me and my journey. Right. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. I, I, we could talk forever about that spirit animal than Judas. 
So yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I don't want that one. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Brian, man, it's it's always a pleasure to hear you preach. Uh, I know you don't always you think too, it's uh, yeah. I don't. I know you don't always think it's in your wheelhouse, but man, it, it's a uh, fresh. It's always fresh. It's always uh, challenging and encouraging at the same time. Somehow you managed to thread that needle pretty well. So um, mm-hmm. I really appreciate you being in the in the service this this past week. And uh, yeah, we'll thanks for the opportunity, to, man. You guys, you know, you, your leadership is just you and Pastor John is just so sweet to allow other people in the mix because that's not true of every church and. You know, and and I also gain a lot from listening to you and your sermons just because yeah. you, you have strengths that I just don't have. I just I got done listening to yours and looking at Amanda and saying, man, he's good. Like he just it's it's smooth. It's crisp. You're yeah, bringing thanks, in man. so many different biblical perspectives um, and passages. And so I just appreciate that about you. Thanks, man. And if you guys want to know more about what Brian does, uh, check out See Jesus Ministry. Uh, What's the website? Uh, SeeJesus.net. SeeJesus.net. You can find out exactly what they do, and it's a really cool ministry. Brian, thank you so much once again, man. Yep, thank you. So as always, if you've missed this week's uh, message or any one of our messages from previous series, you can head to our website, fpclakeland.org, and click on the worship page and the sermon archive tab. So you can watch complete services from either our classic or our Vine modern worship services. And we do encourage you to head to your favorite podcasting platform, uh, whether it's Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcast, and subscribe to Armchair Preaching. Uh, That way you can be notified when a new episode drops. You can also uh, give us a rating. Uh, we do encourage that and uh, like us, share it, uh, share us with your friends. It helps others discover this uh, aspect of our discipleship journey here at FPC Lakeland. We would uh, really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see everybody next time.